Spirit here, Yates. Let's get after it. What's going on, LA? Thank you very much for tuning in. I love when Morales sets it up as if like I was in Vegas for the weekend and I have so many <laughs> unbelievable stories. This pool party, that pool party, didn't go to sleep and drove back just, uh, yeah, that didn't happen, Clinton, as much as I, I'd like to try to play into it. He's probably more accurate on the 3 p.m. dinners than he is on some of the other stuff. <laughs> also, like, Sliwa, you do Lakers talk yep. every single night. I care about <laughs> baseball and, like, soccer and basketball. Wall-to-wall Rams preseason chalk talk, that's not happening today, guys. Sorry. I love the Rams. Listen, let's I'll talk get, about them all day, but this is not happening on a Monday with me and Slee. And not going to break down the depth chart of the Rams right now ahead <laughs> of their first deep. preseason it's game? not happening. Don't worry, Emily. Friday. We'll break it all down. Okay, so so you and Emily have something in common because on two separate trips, two separate business plans, both of you did a little San Diego this past weekend. Okay, so Clint, you were there for some baseball, correct? Correct. For those of you who are not familiar, there is a – not to get all, all into the internecine systems of youth baseball in this country, but basically the area codes is what the name of the league is. The tournament was there. Some of the top players in the country – uh, you know, youth high school players um, were there, and it was at the University of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been to San Diego many times for many different reasons. I had never set foot on this campus. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, it's sort of the old – I don't know the name of this style. It just it looks Spanish villa. Like, the whole campus kind of looks like that, you know, with the large buildings. So it's very – it's very sort of California elegant. And they have like a little side part where it's like a whole portion of the campus where their sports the fields are. Yep. Yeah, sorry? Their sports facilities. Yep. Yeah, their sports facilities. It's like a whole other wing of the campus, you know, sort of a varsity village kind of vibe. And so we went there and, um, you know, watched some baseball, saw some young men play well. Football team was practicing as well. So saw them walking up the hill with their gear. But just in general, it was a nice atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? Because you can see out over whatever those hills may be and the field is sort of sunken into the little I don't know I don't I don't have the geographic and top you know topographical terminology to break this thing down but basically like you walk in and it's sort of like Dodger Stadium where it's below you once you get in and it's very cool yeah Chris Bryant went there and there's this is the last thing I'll say about it there's a sign on the light post in left field mm-hmm. where Chris Bryant once hit a ball like 50 yards up, a homer when he was in college, and they've got a sign there to commemorate it. Nice, okay, nice, so you, nice experience. You went out there to go watch some baseball. You had, you know, you're one of those guys, it's like baseball's in your blood. Yeah. Any opportunity you get to see some baseball, that's why you went down to San Diego. Emily. Yes, I sat with CC Sabathia, for those of you who care about these kinds of how things. How awesome we is that? We were having very cool most of the game. So very he's cool. in the crew. Is, you know what I'm saying? Right. Emily's like, hold on. I did not realize you had pull like that. Reminder. That's, first of all, that's a great I'm flex. I'm So, yeah. That's, that's a great flex, number one. And number two, uh, that would be on the top of my Twitter, enjoying a game with CC Sabathia. Not sure what you're doing on your weekend. Yeah, more what I like about it was that it was a throwaway at the end of your whole story, yep. Clint. You yeah. went into all of the topographical yeah. regions of this field, and you just glossed over CC Sabathia. Hey, CC's a good dude, man. He Emily, does a lot of great work. Time. That's yeah, big with time. the Players Alliance, you, he's friends of friends. When you mention so. it at the end, that's when it's big time. Okay, so so Clint, you went out there, you had uh, you know a game plan, you had reasoning why you're down in San Diego. Emily went down to San Diego, but she went for completely different reasons. And when we were talking in the prep call, she just threw out, yeah, you know, I was uh, some friends were telling me to come on a bruise cruise 
on uh, Sunday morning. It starts like at 10:15 a.m. Okay, Emily, I know you didn't take part in that part of it, but uh, but you got to enjoy San Diego. What did you think of SD when you were down there? It was great. It was lovely. I my drive down. I I think I didn't take the right way. I went through kind of like the inland. Uh, route to get to San Diego, so I didn't get as much pretty views on the way there, but the way back, I got the pretty views, but the way back, I was a little bit more like worse for the wear in terms of, you know, I had a fun night on Saturday, so Sunday was a little bit slower. Sunday Uh, didn't feel as good. Yeah, (laughs) No, did not feel quite as good, but yeah, so my friends came, they're staying there for two weeks, so I was just coming in on the weekend, but my friend texted me, she was like, we're going to do this bike bar crawl and sure. you know we're gonna do that so we got on, we were super obnoxious like the only one of these in san diego this like have you guys seen these like mobile bars on bikes oh, we've seen them yeah oh, so yeah. that was me and my friends being really rowdy annoying uh going to three different bars in san diego but i feel like everyone like everyone liked us everyone was like cheering for us but i just don't want i just don't want san diego to turn into like nashville you know like we don't want to go that route so okay so quickly for those of you who don't understand how radio shows work there's a prep show and then there's like a pre-show, and then there's the show. Over the course of these three events of the day, Emily we're has learning a little more. Yeah, more we're, we're parts <laughs> of the story in a way that have completely changed the entire outlook of what I thought this weekend was. When she mentioned it last week, she's like, "Oh yeah, popping down to San Diego to see some friends." Pre-show meeting. Oh, I was pretty hungover. Sunday was a mess. Next part, pre-show. I skipped the booze cruise. I'm sorry, what? Show comes, all of a sudden you're on a traveling circus full of people getting bars on a bike. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And the thing is about this bar thing too, it was like not every seat had like bike pedals. And so I just happened to be in the one that always had bike pedals, but they're also made for like men. And so like my like feet are like barely hitting this. And you know, I feel like I don't know if I'm actually adding anything. I I feel like the guy was lying to us that they needed us to pedal. Like you could have definitely gotten around without us. Like we were doing no work whatsoever. That's funny. Okay, so just the you you said you went down the wrong way. So that's why I was asking Clinton. There's a right way Mm -hmm. to head down to San Diego. Okay. Ways and some of the Google Maps are going to try and take you down the 15 because they want it to be more effective. Hey, you cut this many minutes or miles. If you're not taking the five down to San Diego, don't go down. All right. One of the one of the great yeah. things about taking the five down is you get to pass by all these unbelievable cities on your way down. Whether it's San Juan Capistrano or San Clemente or Solana Beach or Encinitas or Carlsbad, so you got to take the five. Clint, because you were at USD, I'm assuming you took the five down and got to see all the beautiful views on the way down. Can I just say, Sliwa is in his bag. I have yeah, not yeah. seen him this hardcore on the breakdown since the Lakers season ended. He had the fingers going out to chalk talk all the different towns along the way. I mean, if we're going to do it, let's the, do it the right way. I, I know, but I actually took the train down. It's a long story. Oh, but basically, okay. no, like, that's good. I took the ocean liner, you know, and I like a good train experience because I can use that time for other things. Now, there was a definite separate experience that we're not going to get into, but like the ocean liner um, is the way that went. And then my buddy drove me back because I had to get back to do this show. I mm. would have been at a baseball game this morning. So, mm. you know. CC, I had to tell him our, our breakfast date was thrown off, but you know I had to hang out with. Tell him when you when you say when you're talking to CC, just say yeah, I got a show with Al, and don't give him any more details. <laughs> okay, like, uh, just, just let him know. Try to make it sound like bigger than it really is. Okay, no, it's Al Michaels. It's not. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's just Big Al. Al. <laughs> to assume it's a different we'll person, but yeah, yeah we just Good weekend in San Diego. Had a nice dinner at a place called. So look, here's here's another thing about me. I'm kind of a basic when it comes to certain things. So, like, big restaurants at the mall, 
I like to eat at. Fashion okay. Valley Mall, shouts to you. Definitely went to Italian North there with a couple of the homies. That was a great time. Lovely atmosphere. Great hospitality. So, yeah. Okay. So, th- this is, as we kind of review the weekend, um, before I even get into some of this Dodger stuff, because we got a lot of great topics on the on uh, on Dodgers baseball right now. Obviously, their fight with the Giants to try to um, win the division. We got a chance to see Trey Turner for the first time this weekend in Dodger blue. Um, Cody Ballinger hit two home. So we're going to get all that. We're going to get into that all in a second. So one of the things that came out of yesterday's game, how about that back girl? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I okay, mean, if, if you have not, if you're listening right now and you haven't it. got a chance to see this. Somebody should put this out there. Okay, if you haven't got a chance to see this. We'll put um, it up on ESPN Los Angeles. You have to see it. There was a dude yesterday that decided he's going to get on the field. And there was about, I don't know, five or six different security guards that he was dodging. First of all, let me just say on his game on the field. Yeah. He was getting through some people. I mean, there was there were holes that you didn't think were opening up and he bursted through the holes. I mean we want reasonable talk about, escapability. He saw daylight a couple times. Yes. Yep. We want to talk about NFL preseason coming up and all that <laughs> stuff. Let's start with this, okay? So the dude is do, by the way, I, I still don't even understand the allure of a dude running on the field or somebody running on the field and, and trust me I, I'm just listening to the fans at Dodger Stadium. They were in it, you know. They were yeah. they were hooting and hollering because they thought, you know, some of his uh, some of his uh, his moves to get um, avoid some of the security guards. But this guy got past I don't know how many security guards, and then thought that he saw the end zone. He yeah. thought it was just like the kicker was only the kicker was left, right? Yep. And gets all the way. Do you remember this kicker? Do you remember uh, this was a dude for the Chargers back in the days? Remember Darren Bennett? Does that name ring a yeah. bell? Okay, yeah. Darren Bennett. I think the guy was like a – he was a rugby player at some point. So he approached football differently than most other kickers. Like if right. he got a chance to lay out somebody he who was He was sort returned, of early in that realm of guys that were like yep. kickers are big-time athletes who just happened to kick. But yep. only in the NFL are they looked at as small guys, you know? So, so this guy – this guy starts seeing the he starts seeing the end zone. He's thinking like, okay, I just got you know. I don't even know if he even sees the other defender out there. And you start seeing this back girl, and she's starting to shift almost as if she's playing defense, going left she's to right, strafing like a Mike linebacker. Yes, <laughs> she starts going back and forth, kind of you know making sure. Okay, does this? Let me line this up perfectly. Let me get the timing right. Behind the dude who's trying to get back into the stands, and I don't know what his game plan is, like he's going to get back in the stands, jump into the concessions and just grab himself a beer and a hot dog and go watch the rest of the game. But as he's kind of thinking that, and every other security guard behind him, because he already juked everybody, this Batgirl did work. This dude jumps, tries to jump. She gets him just in a perfect angle. He flips over uh, and, and ends up you know, in the stands, and Clinton... She walks away like she walks away like, all right, it's third down. Let's get back to work. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was truly amazing because just like you said, Slee, like the moment was big for her too. If you blow that tackle, that's a game winning touchdown. You can't have that. You can't miss that tie up. She not only got the shoestring tackle, but also Never properly leveraged the wall to make sure that his day was done. 
Not only did she make the tackle, he was going to the sideline for the rest of the afternoon. There was no way he was getting out of that. It would have been one thing for her to just take him down. It was another thing for her to spill him over the wall, you know what I mean, and just look at him and keep it moving like Ronnie Lott walking off after some massive hit over the middle. It was, um, it was amazing. Can I tell you something? Amazing. There are certain – let's use a couple sports analogies. There's yeah. certain players that when the game's on the line and the team's <laughs> down one, they could walk up to the free throw line, and it's just their ice in their veins. They don't even think twice. They just hit two free throws and go back to the sideline and say the game's over. That was kind of her yesterday. At the As the guy ran 98 yards thinking he's going to get a <laughs> touchdown, she not only tackles him, he fumbles the ball in the end zone into touchback. Done. <laughs> Big-time players. Make big time plays, <laughs> big time games. Oh man, that was great! All right, that well, they great. for those who didn't get a chance to see it, go see it. Um, Travis and Sleeve was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear Hotline. Okay, so let's talk a little Dodgers, uh, Dodgers baseball. So Dodgers three game set against the Angels. They lose on Friday. They come back. Sorry, there was actually a moment on Saturday. They're down a run, kind of getting towards the late um, late part of the game. Bellinger hits a home run to tie it. I want to say three apiece. They end up winning 5-3. They take care of business yesterday as well. You know, I, I, I say this, um, Clint, and I, I don't do it to, you know, if you're obviously a Dodger fan out there, it's not to make you worry or anything along those lines. But here's the reality. A week from today – will be halfway through August. So you have a week left, week and a, or a month and a half left of the regular season. And you're about 70% of the regular season done. And if there's one thing that's been consistent so far this year, the San Francisco Giants, you know, sometimes we want to give, okay, well, the Dodgers have to do this. Anytime it's your team, um, yeah. you want to discredit what other teams are doing. Well, the Utah Jazz, not a big deal. Oh, the Phoenix right. Suns, I don't care what they've done the regular season. Giants keep winning games, and a week ago, they the Dodgers were three games back. Dodgers played five games this past week, went three and two. Giants played seven games this past week, went five and two. So they gained an extra game on the uh, on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Four games back now. This just kind of gives you what the what what this week coming up is for the Dodgers. They face the Phillies, and they face the Mets. All those Phillies games on the road. Eight in a row. Just okay. So you can say one of the hotter teams in baseball right now. The hottest Red, team in baseball right now. Yes. Reds are playing some good. Okay, you got a couple teams out there. Phillies one of the hottest teams right now in baseball. So they got the Phillies and the Mets. The Giants this week have the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, the two worst teams in the NL West. I point that out because as much as we talk about the Dodgers, I think there has to be a moment where you just kind of sit back and say, you got to give the Giants an incredible amount of credit, number one. And number two, they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're just no. not. That's no. There's been zero indication to make you think that the San Francisco Giants are going to start screwing up things and start losing baseball games, not taking care of business. I mean, just in this, I, I, I pointed this out, and I, I want to emphasize this because I, I do think it's impressive. Um, over the last couple of weeks, if you just look at what the, what the Giants have done, They've took five of seven games from the Dodgers. They won two or three from the Astros, three or th- four from Arizona, no big deal, and two or three from the Brewers. They're winning series, and that's why they sit here four games up. If you're the Dodgers, you literally have, you know, I, I guess you have no, you have no room for air this week, where the Giants can certainly take advantage of their schedule. 
And most importantly, if you're a Dodgers fan, as you said, from an expectation standpoint, you've got to be able to manage this. We're, hot. We're, we're three quarters of the way through the season. I don't think necessarily anything that major is changing. This is going to be a team that I think at this point is going to be more on the pop into the playoffs and try to make a run rather than leading from the front in the NL West. Now, listen, that could change drastically. But this week is the week that you have to figure that out if you're the Dodgers. Are you an elite team that simply hasn't figured it out? Or are you a very talented team that still has a lot to work on in terms of how you win games? There's been a lot of turnover and a lot of things. It's reasonable that they are back from the Giants who are pretty good, but there's a lot of talent as well. The question is, how do you answer the playoffs? Because that determines a lot in terms of how things go. Because one game, one game, Sliwa, that could end the whole season if you're getting in as a wild card. All right, so I, I have a theory here of why the Dodgers are sitting in second place in the division, plus... Uh, Clint, I need you to break down a little bit of Trey Turner. We got a chance to see him for the first time this weekend for the Dodgers. All that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, Clayton, this uh, this weekend we had, which is kind of interesting, right? Like this time of the year, I kind of find myself I'm like, all right, what, what's going on here in sports? You know, you're, you're waiting yeah. for preseason, all that stuff. Back to still school of, mode. Still all a this, lot of good yeah. stuff going on. The Olympics kind of carried us for a little bit. Got to watch uh, the USA Olympic basketball take care of business on Friday. So, surprisingly... You know, I felt like it was still a good sports weekend. Yeah, you know, a lot of things happened. I, I, I uh, these late August weeks are when you start gearing up for what's going to be the fall. You know what yeah. I mean? You're kind of oh. reassessing what's oh, happening. It doesn't get any better. You know, and everybody's all hopeful, and you start planning out your stuff. I got a lot of things going on here. I got the Google Calendar out. I got a lot happening. I'm very excited. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Uh, here's the Straight Talk. Uh, Clinton Yates. So we're talking yes. about the Dodgers. Why are they in second place in the division? Wait a minute here. Starting off the season, nobody would... First of all, if you thought there was any race, it was going to be the Dodgers and the Padres, potentially. Padres have obviously faded in that uh, discussion, that conversation. But here are the right. Giants, four games in front of the Dodgers, and we're coming into the second week of August. So there's a good article um, out there from uh, Fabian Ardaya in The Athletic. And breaks down a lot of different Dodger stuff. And I got a few different stats here. Do you know they have the third worst winning percentage ever for a baseball club that has played 10 or more extra inning games in a single season? Okay. Let me just point out where the Dodgers stand here in comparison to other teams when it comes to extra inning baseball. Um, the 1969 Expos went 0-12 and finished 52-110 and in that season. Why do I point that out? The Twins in 1982 went 1-13 in extra innings, ended up with 60 wins, 16-102. Dodgers are 20 games above 500. okay? They're awful in extra inning baseball. Pair that with the fact that they're 13-20 in one-run games, 
and they're still 20 games over 500. So, you know, when you kind of try to look at and you try to dissect why are the Dodgers in second place, there, there are a lot of different things that you could point out. But the reality is they can't win any games in extra innings, number one. And number two, one-run games they struggle in. That really is the difference of why the Dodgers don't have seven to ten more wins this year if they were just playing 500 baseball in extra innings. One-run games stat that is relevant. Extra innings stat that is not relevant. Why? Because as we know, a little something called the rules of baseball changed two seasons ago that have completely changed, I think, what – not just what extra innings are. I mean, fr- frankly, I like the international tiebreaker rule. For those of you who don't know, that's the runner on second to start the extra inning mm-hmm. or extra innings. Like, it changes the game from a ground-to-ground standpoint, but it also changes the nature of that statistic. Like, okay, so you've lost a bunch of games and there's a runner on and, like, things are totally overhauled. That's a problem. Now, the larger stat of the one-run game statistic is, is very difficult because that leads into how your bullpen is getting managed, how your ability to execute late in games is affected, and just what you're doing overall. So it's almost like the 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 bullpen, I mean the uh, extra inning stat is like half, but it's like a not an unimportant half. It just sort of is informed by the other half. So like here's my point. The one-run games thing is also a bigger problem because it's not just why you're in second place. It's when you're talking about high-leverage scenarios in the playoffs that there's a legitimate concern of worry, which is clutchness. Like, hey, can you win a close game? You're not going to blow every team out in the playoffs. And if you don't have it that day, can you find a way to manufacture runs without hitting the ball out of the yard or what have you? That's where it's a concern. The specific numbers about how many they've won in extras, no, 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 no. But this team's execution is something that I think leaves a little bit slash a lot to be desired on that front. So this is this is the concern. And by the way, that's straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Concern is this. Not only have you struggled in these one-run game situations, not only have you struggled in extra innings. And I, by the way, Clint, I get what you're saying. You're saying, yeah. look, the, the rules are not the same as they used to be. A dude starting at second place is not what these other teams you know, dealt with in no, the past. just a different competition. But but the rules are the same for everybody. So you would still expect the Dodgers to come out of yeah, play. Can you play 500 baseball in extra innings? Can you be a couple games below 500? That hasn't been the case. The reason why I think you know this is of concern if you're a Dodger fan out there is because these games could be the difference of you being in that one card, that one game yeah. wild card, right? And this, if you're already losing games by one run, we we already talked about what a crapshoot a one game playoff is. It doesn't matter who you're playing amazingly, but anyone can win one game in a row. So there's one fear there. And that's not to say Dodgers aren't talented, that they won't have an opportunity to put Walker Bueller on the mound or Max Scherzer. Yeah, or any. One, one game is one game. Yeah. One game is one game. With all that said, I think there is this – I think there is this – this level of concern that if they're in a predicament like that or a situation like that, that obviously can come into effect, can come into play. I, I want to play something for you because um, Dave Roberts, we before we get into Trey Turner, there's, there's a conversation about what the Dodgers are going to do. They got so much talent. They got so many guys that they could put in. And then there's some players that you were expected to have good seasons have struggled. And you have a number of injuries. Mookie, again, Justin Turner left yesterday. Clayton Kershaw, they're not expecting back until until sometime in September. Dave Roberts was asked about um, just kind of what he's going to do with all the talent that they have. And I think his, his answer not only is interesting, but I think will play out a few things as the season progresses. Take a listen to this. But, yeah, I mean, every single night there's going to be a great player that's not, not getting the start. And that's just kind of where we're at. And... I'll divvy up playing time with workload. Um, but right now, where we're at, 
on the schedule. We have to win baseball games. We're, we're four games back in the loss column, and we got to win. So, um, you know, every single night, um, with respect to uh, workload and workload management, I need to put the the best guys out there that I feel can win a ball game that night. Okay, so I Clint, think he's right. Let, I think let, he's let, right. Let me play off something for you, and I think this is this is what makes his job so interesting the rest of the way. Okay. First of all, he's in a fantastic spot. Every manager wishes wishes they had as much talent as the Dodgers do. Okay? Yes. But you have Cody Bellinger hit a home run on Saturday, hit a home run on Sunday. The only conversation we've had about Cody Bellinger over the last couple of weeks, last month or so, is this dude can't hit. He's a shell of what he used to be. How do you justify him in the lineup right now because of all the other talent? It's not like... It's not like he's playing for the Angels and there's plenty of opportunities. No, he's playing for the Dodgers, and they're stacked left and right. right. Um, there, there's going to be predicaments that will happen over the course of the next month and a half where there'll be question marks about should Kenley get the should he get the ball in the ninth? What if it's a one-run game? You know, how do you kind of feel in this predicament situation? I know it's a good problem to have. But one of the things that I think we've watched unfold over the last couple of weeks, there's going to be certain guys that just do not earn the playing time. I'm fascinated to see how Dave Roberts Dave Roberts kind of juggles this with his lineup over the next, let's say, seven weeks or so before you get into the postseason. Well, this is the hard part, Slee. I mean, you know what I mean? This is why you make the big bucks, is that mm-hmm. you've got to be able to figure out how to press the buttons to get you in the right position to be able to do things. I remember the World Series where the Red Sox played against the Dodgers. AC pressed every great button. Alex Cora. You know what I mean? Like they were they were they weren't even as talented a team. And the reason I say that is because, you know, some 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 managers have different skill sets. Some guys are sort of player guys where they can make sure that the guys are in the right stage of mind so that when they're when it's time for them to do their thing, everybody feels comfortable. Other guys are more of a button presser types. Hey, I'm gonna put this guy in here in this spot and all of a sudden you have no idea what's going on <clears throat> because they did something that was unexpected. I think though because of the types of players that the Dodgers have amassed, kind of, I, I don't want to call them tweeners, but there's enough guys who can sort of play infield and outfield, speedy dudes with clutch pop, that I don't want to say that everybody is interchangeable. I just think that this is going to be where we figure out how well Dave Roberts knows his team and how much he enjoys, or rather, how much he's been a part of each different guy's personal progress because if Justin Turner's dinged here, if Pollock's dinged there, and, it, you know, Seager might not – you know, there's just – there are so many politics that, like, that are just normal baseball things. I do not wish this job upon anybody. You know, this is not easy. But I also don't think that you're looking at a scenario where it's going to be some sort of reason to uh, make an excuse. You know what I mean? This team is too good, I think, to miss a relatively deep playoff run. So his work is absolutely cut out for him. But luckily, Trey Turner solves a lot of these problems. Okay, let's talk about Trey Turner when we come back. Let's also talk – I want to mention Albert Pujols. Plus, why am I reading every time we talk about Trey Turner – uh, there is this, well, you know, if Corey Seager walks next year, then Trey Turner can just fill a spot. Are we forgetting who Corey Seager is? So all that coming up next. By the way, if you're out driving around, you want to be a part of the conversation, you could hit myself and Clinton Yates up, 877-710-ESPN. Give us your thoughts on the Dodgers, their position right now, and what you expect moving forward. This is uh, the Travis and Sliwa Show. Clinton Yates filling in for Travis Rogers. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Clint, what, what's the chances you think, I texted Travis right now, just, you know, just a very casual text on a Monday morning. He's on vacation. I said, Lakers talk tonight. You want to join me? <laughs> you and Trav are just I mean, curious. such a, I, Clint, such I'm just a curious. funny relationship. Like, if you texted me that when I was on vacation, I would block you. <laughs> like, straight, straight, absolutely. That's a no for me, dog. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. That's funny. Listen, really maybe fun. maybe he's got some time from seven to nine. I'm just saying, and maybe <laughs> maybe we get on at six thirty together, six o'clock to kind of talk about where the angles that we're going to have for tonight's show. It's worth asking. You don't know until you ask. hundred percent, he will not text me back. Hundred percent, he won't. He no won't chance. text me back. Okay, so I I I claimed this earlier, and I want to mm-hmm. run on it. Um, I claim that you are a Nationals expert. You're a Trey Turner expert. That's that's I know how a lot I, about a lot of baseball teams, but I moved from DC to Los Angeles just yep. like Scherzer and Trey did as well. Okay, so when the trade goes down for Max Scherzer, of course, Dodger fans are incredibly excited. Oh my gosh, Max Scherzer! We we don't need to talk about his resume. We know what he does: big time situations, clutch situations. Now you got Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Diaz. You could go down the list. The I'm not saying people forgot about Trey Turner, but I think there's probably a lot of Dodger fans that. Um, they're not watching Trey Turner on a night-in, night-out basis. They got to see Trey Turner this weekend, and they saw one of the most electrifying players in baseball. What I'm referring to there is somebody that can make things happen out of nothing. So when I say Trey Turner, and you kind of preview what Dodger fans have in front of him here for the rest of this season, for next year as well because he's under contract, how would you describe Trey Turner and what he's going to bring to the Dodgers? Trey Turner is an exotic base runner. That's what he is. People always talk about exotic blitzes in defense, you know what I'm saying, like in, in the NFL and so on and so forth. He does things on the base paths that at the major league level are not what you're used to seeing and therefore puts pressure on teams in ways that a lot of teams aren't really ready to deal with. Now, in 2019, when he played for the World Series champion Washington Nationals, he was kind of overlooked because, again, your Scherzers, your Strasburgs, your Sotos, other guys on that team with sure. the big mashers, Tony Rendon. And so a, a, a first, a third from a Turner or him scoring on a ball that falls in right field that you don't expect to fall, that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that you forget about in the long run. But when you're in the game and on the field, you are paying attention to what Trey Turner does no matter where he is. And that's the kind of thing that I think this Dodgers team, not that they didn't have this skill set because nobody really has this skill set, but it just adds a spark, like an actual spark. I mean, the electricity of seeing a guy score from first on a ball that falls in front of a center fielder is amazing. And he did it with a flourish. Full head first slide. It wasn't like anybody made any big mistakes. He just said, how about I'm just not going to stop running? And that's the kind of thing that I think can be really exciting. Um, you know, like I said, he also plays multiple positions. And I've said this before. He's a fast guy who I thought needed to improve at his base running. What I saw on Sunday was the best base running play I've seen him make in his career. This dude takes things to another level, and that's the kind of thing you can do 
when you have a very skilled team around you. You notice that a lot more. The Nationals have been kind of dawdling, so plays sure. like that don't really, you know, don't really show up in the highlights the same way. But on a good team like the Dodgers, something like that happens, and everybody says, oh, well, who is this young man? Well, that young man is Trey Turner. So he's tied for the fastest runner in baseball. He's third in yeah. stolen bases. So he obviously adds this adds a great element to this Dodgers team. And I, and I, the reason I wanted to highlight it is here you are. You got a chance to really watch him. He had a pinch hit on Friday. I want to say it was in the ninth. But Saturday and Sunday you got to see kind of, okay, here's his full array. Here's what he can do. Here's, here's what he yeah. can do on the defensive side. And that seems like to be an unbelievable element. Am I missing something here, Clint? There was an article in the LA Times this morning, and you know this has been the conversation since Trey Turner came. That the chatter has been about, okay, hey, well, if Corey Seager walks this off season, well, Trey Turner is gonna, he'll replace his position right there at short. Is it just me, or am I missing something here? Why, why do I keep hearing this? One of the articles in LA Times this morning talked about how Corey Seager would be great with the Angels. Which, by the way, Corey Seager would be great on any team. Okay, so let. But am, right. am I miss? Am I missing something here? Why this is so much of a conversation? Are we forgetting who Corey Seager is? Are we forgetting that the dude was the World Series MVP? That he's been to the All Star Game two different times in his career. That he's been with the Dodgers his entire career. That the guy's an absolute baller as well. Is, is am I missing something? I think the last point you make is the most important one, which is that he's been with this team his entire career. Like, the if he walks away part is a much bigger part than, oh, okay, well, he's replaceable. I mean, listen, there's been a lot of World Series MVPs who are from some forgettable guys. I mean, like, you know, don't get it, don't get it twisted. That is an incredible accomplishment. But I think that the reason why is because Trey is just he's a pretty electric player, man. You know what I mean? I don't know how else to sort of describe it outside of, for lack of a better term, sex appeal. You know, when you put these two guys next to each other and you say, hey, go run around and go do some stuff. Well, you look at Trey Turner and you say, I might choose that, you know? And that's not to say that Corey Seager hasn't been a vital part of this franchise and obviously has developed into a tremendous player. But I also think that Corey Seager is going to want a lot more money necessarily than the That's Dodgers what it's going to come down him. to. You know it's what I mean? And like, if this guy yeah. wants a life-changing payout, not that all money in a bigs isn't life-changing, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody's going to give him $250 million or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that the Dodgers, considering how stacked they are, are going to go that far in to their payroll at this point. And I think that there is some level of also of respect sort of paradoxically to Corey Seager from what you're saying, which is that, like, he's almost a little too good for this town at this point. And I don't mean that in terms of, like, who he is as a person, but, like, he's done all the stuff he could do. He grew up here. Might be time to go away and cash out. That's, you know, I understand that. Does that mean I think it means we've forgotten what Corey Seager is? No, but might I interest you in my man Trey? It's really easy to avert your gaze, you know? let me tell you what's going to happen over these next seven weeks. Trey Turner is going to have some key plays. So will Corey Seager. Like, I, I, I do feel like it's easy to forget because, listen, I think you said something that's going to be the key. What kind of money is Corey Seager going to get this offseason? That's going to be the question. Are the Dodgers yeah. going to say, do we give him this type of money or can we slot Trey Turner in there tomorrow, be fine with it, have another year where his contract is under control and then figure it out? We'll obviously have to see. Uh, can I may sh- mention one more thing about the yes. uh, Dodgers here real quick? Um when Albert Pujols hits a home run, does it just look a little different? Does it? Is there something? Pujols yesterday hit that home run against the Angels. First of all, it was against the Angels. Uh, first, I think there's part of this 
wow, this pull holes to the Dodgers thing continues to work for whatever it's worth. It's not like he's out there every single day or anything. But is there is it just me or is it when he hits a home run? I don't care how old he is. I don't care how slow it takes, how long it takes for him to round the bases. That's a that's that's a that's a special thing that we see every time he does it. He should let Trey Turner run the bases for him when he hits homers. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there was something particularly special about it yesterday. He had the, one of the greatest quotes of all time. It's not like it's the first homer I've hit against the Angels. <laughs> like, bro, you just left there. Why are you talking about that? He should have like stopped the, the interview. He should have stopped the interview right there. Another <laughs> fill-in franchise. Like, I, I mean, I know what he was trying to say. He was trying to say, I'm Albert Pujols. I've been around a long time. I've hit a lot of homers against a lot of teams. This just happens to be one of them. But it came across sounding no, he real. He didn't say any of that. Right. It's saying real something real. X? What X? Don't you see what I'm doing right now? How about that? You know, it was pretty amazing. Love that moment. Just, it's not the first home run I've hit against <laughs> the Angels. By the way, this, you know, th- this is, I think, working out for both teams. And yeah. a little bit later in the show, I do want to talk about the Angels because I think um, I think the conversation about how critical this offseason will be for them so that they can be in some type of contention next year with Otani, with Mike Trout. So we'll do that. But it's it's I think it's worked out for both squads. Uh, Pujols is doing what he's doing with the Dodgers when he gets those opportunities, and the Angels are giving other people cracks at the bat that, you know, obviously Pujols would have got. So we can do that um, a little bit later in the show. So coming up next, we have Astley at 10 a.m. We're going to talk Lakers basketball because, Clint, I really, really want to spend time on, you know, a lot of the offseason conversation was about how old the Lakers are and yeah. how much is, is this something that we're making too big of a deal of, not as big of a deal, plus uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel got his extension. All that coming up at 10 a.m., but coming up next, it's Ask Slee. Stay right here. Travis and Slee with show on 710 ESPN. All right, Clint, just a quick little update here. I did get uh, a text back from Travis, oh, and he just said hard pass. That's all he said. (laughs) That basically, let's do the radio math here. I'm going to translate that what he actually wrote was F off. (laughs) You're just just saying that he said hard pass. Hard pass. I can't get, hey, Al, good morning, man. Um, Thank you for the invite, but I will be with my family this evening. Let's connect. Soon. Oh, you wanted a full LinkedIn response, like with all the buzzwords. I'll circle back and we can touch base tomorrow. Streaming the show now. With- you and Clinton sound great. I'm surprised he wasn't like you got one hour left. <laughs> he does do the countdown. He's big on doing the countdowns. All right, we got some uh, we got some Astley here. Why, why don't we get started here, Clinton? Yeah, Astley is brought to you by Kia of Carson this summer. Find your next car SUV at Kia of Carson. All right. Important sports question. Okay. Are you a recycler, or do you put the cans, plastic bottles, and glass in the trash? This, first of all, is not a sports question, and second of all, who's not doing this? But please regale us with your recycling routine. All right, this is the way I have it. I got my regular trash can, and then I usually use. Um, let me let me ask you this question: When you go into the grocery store, are you bring in your own bag or no? Yeah, every time. Okay, all right. So I'm not good at that. I don't bring <laughs> my own bag. So I've been. I've been religiously paying ten cents for however long they've been charging ten cents. Sure. I'm the guy that is the ten cent guy. 
um, they usually will double bag depending on things. So I got my trash can, and then next to the trash can, I just have one of the Trader Joe's bags, and that's where all the cans are going. That's where the bottles this was, are going. This would qualify as what I would say the normal system. That's what most people do. You have yeah. your trash can, and then you have mm-hmm. another bag for your stuff. My, my question is, though, is that how diligent – my question yeah. is how diligent are you about – like the clean out process before the recycling. Like some people will yeah. rinse a beer bottle or a can. Some people will make sure that the milk is all like, you know, you, you don't want like in case you can't take it out that particular moment, you don't want it to be dirty in the recycling. I need, I need a full education on it. Cause I'm not, I'm not typically I finish my, you know, if I had a sparkling water or soda, something like that, I'm just throwing it into the bag. Do so I this becomes to, important do I to for do something. For alcohol. So, for example, if I've had – let's just say I've watched the Laker game. I've had six beers in the night. Okay. You know, let's just say that I maybe had one on the deck. I maybe had somewhere else. Maybe I didn't finish them all. I will rinse my bottles before I put them in the recycling. Like, that's just a matter of course for me. It makes me feel a like – power move. That's a good move I, right there. I, I feel like I'm completing the task. Like, you know, I don't want – things stink. You know what I'm saying? I live in a yep. building where folks are – stuff's piling up. I, I'm trying to make it as clean as possible before I get okay. out of here. That's, I got a question for you. This is yeah. – uh, I don't know if anybody else falls into this. You go – let's say you're at Whole Foods or something. Um, and, you know, back in the days, I think I think they're kind of moving back towards this, right? You can eat there. You can go and yeah. eat some food oh. and you got to play Hold on. Let me explain something stuff. to you. Yeah, yeah. Grocery store happy hours – big part of my offense that's a little special teams play that i like to put on every once in a while but that's something that i used to do at the lower levels scaling it up to the big time conference hasn't exactly happened yet but yeah grocery store happy hours i'm here for let me tell you where i get incredibly confused they have three (laughs) different trash cans and it's all one big one okay and they have signs that i'm not i'm not kidding when i tell you this i i'm the guy that stands there i'm like i don't know where anything goes this is is that just me no, that's that is that is a complicated process. And the reason why it's so annoying too is because like at some point we've got a ditch, maybe not ditch. I don't want to say that, but like you need like the a bagger words, to help me out here. Or or just better like visual representation because the difference for most people between recycling, trash and compost is not something they're going to understand. But if you say, "Hey, that brown box you just bought that food in goes in here." And the bottle that you bought your oat milk in goes there, but the napkin goes here. And yep, that's it. Yes, that's what we need. ESPN's break room is great on that because all we have the three trash cans here too, but they have pictures. You're like, oh, this. Yeah, but I don't know that I love the pictures on our break room. I think those pictures are a little. I need bigger. I need. I need college football style signs. You know, I need need third string buzzer. I need a buzzer to go off (laughs) if I put it in the wrong one. Okay, (laughs) I need need like a red alarm to go off. That's and then I'd be like, oh, okay, got it. Exactly. The That's buzz that happens. goes off for me is my roommate who says, why are you putting that in there? And I'm like, oh, I no, didn't even know. So, all right. I, I got an Ask Slee. Uh, Slee. Okay. So this got? is from Big John 2. Big and he John says, two. do you think Travis is kicking himself for being on vacation during the week that Messi changed teams? Or are you just so excited, Slee, that he is not here so we don't have to hear our Messi voice? Emily, it's a good question. And I uh, appreciate you going out of your way to answer it. Um, Travis has single-handedly ruined Messi for many of our listeners. Okay, I, have you ever heard when he talks about Messi? I don't know this bit, so okay. please update me. I'll tell you. Um, he says that because of how Messi looks and how short he is, how small he is, 
he thinks he looks like a kid. So he now says, you know, he'll have like a voice impersonation of him being, hey, mom, I want my juice box. He does whatever he does. So he'll spend a minute going off on Messi, one of the greatest athletes in the history of sports. Easily. Yeah. And it's he's ruined the experience because I'll have people tweet at us during the big game when they won the uh, uh, Copa Cop- America. Copa America. Won Copa America. Had people tweeting that every time he's on the field – they're just thinking of Travis's voice impersonating Messi. So to answer your question, Emily, and to answer the listener's question, I'm incredibly excited that Travis is on vacation after he is leaving Barcelona and uh, and ending up somewhere else. But we still got your belly belly voice, so we, we have that sure. around after his good weekend. Oh, that's right, yeah, the Bellinger. Yeah, that's right, the Bellinger. I mean, the thing is, is that I, some people think that this is why he got his sleeve tattoo so that people would like take him more seriously as like, you know, like a dude or whatever. The dude is a man. Like, I remember pre-tats Messi, okay? Mm-hmm. Lionel did not always look like that. This was not a David Beckham situation, you know? Did Beckham yeah. start that in soccer? Because everybody's I would say he started it. There's sleeves but everywhere. listen, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm, uh, listen, as a member of the handsome man community, there are certain things that you can get away with. David Beckham happens to be a member of the gorgeous man community. So the sleeves and all that, he was the first one to be like, listen, I still look good. Okay, check out the tats, ladies. Mm. All right, eat it up. And so it sort of was a sort of a gateway drug for a lot of us in the lesser, the lesser phylums, if you will, in the order. You know, to to, to get I have to no that. Tattoos. Well, yeah, I, I know I don't have I don't have any tattoos fine. either. But I'm thinking about it. I'm looking for some. I, I really want to get like the first time David Beckham showed up with a sleeve full of tattoos is when I said to myself, at some point in my life, I'm going to do that. That's what that is. I got okay. I got one more before before we Go head ahead, out. Emily. Okay, yep. so. Uh, this is from Drew in LA. Very and disappointed, Travis. Nothing. Just hard pass. That's all he texted. Nothing. <laughs> didn't, didn't come in on the hotline either. So uh, would <laughs> hashtag Slee be a heel or a baby face if he was a wrestler? And what kind of promos would you cut before you go into your big fight? Hashtag ask Slee from Drew in LA. That's a two-parter. I'm going to need help on this one. So would yeah. you be the heel? heel? I think you might be the this heel. Is, this is, hold on. There's a better question in here. That I think there was about nine wrestling questions. Yeah, that just let's, came let's, into let's, Ashley. Let's out of do nowhere. this question: Would you prefer to be the recipient of a camel clutch or a figure four leg lock? To keep it in wrestling <laughs> world, Emily. <laughs> I'll take the figure four. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that one. Yeah, we'll go with that one. I'll probably. Pass I think the out figure and... four leg lock though has the highest degree of like escapability, but mm-hmm. also the highest degree of like. I could pop my pelvis, and this whole thing is over with. You know what I'm saying? You know so. what? Go big or go home. That's how I look at it. So it's either either I will survive or I'm done for nine to twelve months. Okay. So, what? <laughs> big wrestling segment today on the program. One of uh, one of the two would happen. All right, that's uh, that's Ashley. Uh, when we come back, the Lakers, they're the third oldest team in NBA history. Third oldest team in NBA history. And there's a lot of conversation about that. Clint and I will get into what we think of this Lakers team, this Lakers roster. Plus, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel was extended over the weekend. Plus, Russell Westbrook will address the media tomorrow. So a lot of Laker conversation coming up. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates, Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN.